Welcome to the Newson Health Menopause Podcast. I'm Dr. Louise Newson, a GP and menopause specialist, and I run the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Centre here in Stratford-upon-Avon. Today I've got a nun doctor here, which is always exciting for me. So I've got Edward Joy, who is a botanist and also a naturopath, and he's come here just to talk about something that is probably a lot of people think about but don't know much about including myself so I'm hoping the next half hour I can be enlightened too so welcome thanks for coming so talk to me about your journey and how you've got to do what you do now well I've worked as a holistic practitioner Mm -hmm. in one way or another and with the health food industry for 20 to 25 years and my Interest really started out simply with health foods, Mm -hmm. buying and selling health foods. And later on in my work, in my early 20s, I was diagnosed with lymphatic cancer. Oh, gosh. And over a period of two years, the prognosis got more and more difficult Mm. to treat. Um, The uh, disease was either either too responsive or not responsive Mm. enough to chemotherapy and eventually we decided to stop treatment Gosh! and moved on to see how I could treat myself uh, in an integrative way. So and how old were you then? I was 21. So, so huge things going on. Were you at yeah. university then or what were you, where were you in your life then? Uh, I just left university right. and I, I had been travelling around the world. Right. I returned very thin, mm. very tired, yeah. and, uh, you know, unpicked the problem, and it was deeper than I imagined. Wow, so really scary. That's going on in your mind. Yeah, very That's scary. Like, yeah. But it, 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 it's, it was one of those times where you find, at your lowest, you mm. discover things, yeah. interests that, you know, create a whole new world for you. Yes. And really, my work ever since then has been very much about that experience mm. and getting out and over that experience. Yes. You so know. you've turned a very negative experience into something positive that's helping lots of other people as well. But it's interesting because I often say to patients when they're at their lowest, you will look back and sometimes I think there's a reason for, you know, why something's happened and you can't see it at the time. And yeah. perhaps if this hadn't happened, you wouldn't be doing what you've done. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, my... My interest has never been and, and, and will never be to treat cancer. No. That's not that's not my work. No. Um, but understanding the pathways that led mm. to my own problems and seeing the lifestyle inhibitions and dysfunctions that lead to yes. other people's yeah. dysfunctions, mm. diseases, are very much my interest. And What I see as the major missing link in people's lives is their nutrition. Totally. And I I think what I see as a result of my own experience is there are always opportunities to find the way back. Yes. But what we find is often something else that is dressed up as the way back Mm. and it doesn't actually lead to a solution. It often leads to uh, a lesser representation of what what actually nutrition is. Yeah. Um, which is 
sort of one of the struggles of, of our modern world. You know? It's huge, isn't it? And I, as a medical profession, I can embarrassingly sit here and tell you that I don't think I had any lectures about nutrition as an undergraduate, certainly not as a postgraduate. I was taught about the main food groups, clearly how important they are, um, but very little. And I was sort of my medical school in the 80s so a lot of it was low-fat diets how good they are how fat is evil wow hasn't that changed yeah and um for me nutrition is such an important part of my personal life but also my life with with patients as well and I think um we're probably a similar age but you know what we ate in the late 70s early 80s when we were growing up is very different to well it, actually it's what I feed my children now but it's very hard for me to go and shop like my mother used to. Um, and it's yes. a real problem. And people don't always know how to eat properly. They get scared, don't they? And it mm. shouldn't be scary. No, I think, I think there's, it's, it's, not, it's not only scary, but through that supermarket system, mm. through that, that the modern system of buying food, actually the way, the way that we do things now it makes it very difficult to to think holistically about what we're eating Mm. Um, because we are very much channeled into this way of doing things. And we, we're not, it's not only that we are time poor, we're told we're time poor. Totally. I totally agree. I mean, I, um, I work very hard, but my children have home cooked meals every day and everyone says, well, how do you do it? Well, I've got a freezer actually. (laughs) And I, you know, it's very easy if you know what you're doing, but I think we very much, you go in a supermarket, there's low fat, whatever is labeled. People think that's, and and people don't realize the amount of sugar, even in savory food, do they? So people say, well, I cook really well. I have a a ready-made sauce that I put on my vegetables. Well, what's in that sauce? Well, it, I'm sure it's fine. No, actually. You know, and I think people are miseducated, aren't they, for the wrong reasons, which is a shame. I think they are. And I think that the the constitution of food mm. and our awareness of the constitution yes. of food is what is really missing, yes. you know. Um, how how different that, that can of sauce is mm. to the ingredients that could make up the thing that it's supposed to represent. Yes. Um, the, and the things that are missing, not just the things that are added, you know, Absolutely. um, the, if, if, if you're, if you're talking about a, a pasta sauce, then the, the, the oregano, the rosemary, the parsley yeah. that, that represents a decent sort of Italian sauce. It's not just there for character. It's not just there to fit in with what it is to be Italian. It's there because... It's part of the synergy that makes up a decent plate of food. Yeah. And the reason that makes a decent plate of food, to my mind, is because it sort of fulfills our need for basic nutrition at yeah. the same time. So because herbs are so important, aren't they? Yes. And so many people say, well, it's too hard to to, um, to grow them. You know, so a lot of people have dried herbs or even frozen herbs. Just explain for those people who don't know the difference or if there are differences between them, if they aren't growing them themselves, what should they do? Well, I think, I think people have sort of two different points of view about herbs. Either, either herbs are the domain of the, the medical herbalist mm. who's sort of mixing up potions in yeah. an apothecary, or herbs are the things that gather dust in a corner of the kitchen. Absolutely. 
And, 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 and I think both of those ideals do basic herbalism mm. as part of everybody's life. They do it a great disservice because where I think we really miss out on herbs is embracing them as part of our diet mm. every day. Mm. Now, we often talk about the new superfood or the new yeah. super herb that's on the on the marketplace. But those also do herbs a disservice because to my mind, in my research, in my study, and in my wider understanding about herbalism and nutrition, mm. the best herbs, the herbs that do people the most good, are the herbs that aren't classed as medicinal herbs. They're herbs that are considered every day as part of a normal diet. Because I think where herbalism is at its most successful is where it fits in to basic nutrition. Yes. It fits in little shortfalls in basic nutrition. I can give you, I can give you two examples. Yeah, please do. In a, a wide group of herbs, say dandelion, mm -hmm. lemon balm, peppermint, green tea, you find a flavone called luteolin. Mm -hmm. And luteolin often is associated with herbs that have a lemonish or limeish sort of aroma. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's another flavone that we associate with the smell of herbs that, that have a, an apple -y scent. So herbs like chamomile, parsley, they have a flavone inside of them called apigenin. And apigenin, for one thing, smells of apples, but it also, it has, um, it, it has a, a, quite a distinctive taste that it imparts. Um, so those two flavones, we, we might look at them in, as part of their characteristic in, in medicinal herbs, but that couldn't, be further from the truth mm. because their role is fundamentally nutritional. They fulfill part of the diet of the epithelial cell. They're a fundamental part of the diet and energy behind the human epithelial cell. And you'll know that epithelial cells make up Everywhere. getting on for yeah. two thirds of yes. our overall tissue. So they're quite important. But these Flavones that sit inside of these herbs are not classed as nutrients. They're not essential nutrients yes. or vitamins, but they are fundamental to our health. And what I see with them is that we are a, an animal that has come from a background where we would graze throughout the day on green leafy mm. vegetables as part of our diet. That is who we were and it's actually who we still are yeah and we have to account to that history and with a diet like that we would get apigenin and luteolin in tiny little doses throughout our lives and it would fulfill our need for those phytonutrients but what where that gets lost is when we're not grazing through yes. the hedgerow we're going down to the supermarket mm. and we think about nutrition 
we think about macronutrition, the big yes. nutrients. We think of micronutrition, the vitamins mm. and maybe the fatty acids. Yes. But those have always been a part of those fundamental phytonutrients. And they're sort of the missing link, mm. as I see, between nutrients being genuinely synergistic. Um, and I think really... In the greater scheme of things, if there is, if I could point to one thing that we miss, it's the herbalism inside of nutrition. Which is so interesting, isn't it? Because certainly thinking, reflecting to my biochemistry lectures, it was about the three main food groups. And then we learned all about the vitamins. And even looking at my daughter's biology books, um, she's just done her GCSEs. Again, it's very much like that. No one will talk about anything else and um i make my children a, a tomato it's a standard thursday night meal they have this tomato sauce but i put in butternut squash i put in spinach i put in courgettes i put in uh lentils i put in food that they would never put have on their plate mm. so, and in fact i was talking to my eight-year-old this morning and we were talking about the importance of fruits and vegetables and she was listing what she liked and i said but lucy you've always you've also for years eaten all these other foods and i reel them off and she looked aghast i said no but they're all in that tomato sauce mm. and my mother sometimes says oh well i've bought a homemade a ready-made tomato sauce from waitrose it will be fine no, absolutely not. It's completely different. But it looks the same. It's red. Yeah. You know, it goes yeah. on the pasta. It's fine. But actually, isn't that different? Yeah. And I think it's... But if you haven't got that knowledge of... It's just a bit of green colour, isn't it? A herb. What's the difference? You know, why do I need it? But yeah. actually, just to explain how simple... Um, you know, it's very cheap herbs, aren't they? They're very cheap, very effective, and they taste lovely yeah, as they, well. They, so... they transform they transform the foods we eat mm. into in, into something that is far more complex. Yes, um, and I think in in our obsession with you know coming up with the vital components of of nutrition, mm. we miss the nuance yes. of of phytonutrition yeah um and and i think that is a shame you know my, i've had the yeah. same experience with my own son he says to me i hate garlic <laughs> i hate garlic oh but he doesn't realize that he probably gets through personally half a clo half a bulb of garlic a week yes. you know i mean he yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. he has no no conception that no. that's part of his diet yes um and a fundamental part of his diet mm. um and in reality he loves garlic just as much as I do. You know, he sees he sees its its importance, and and I reckon he knows when garlic is not part of his his yeah. diet because it it forms part of the 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 flavour balance of his of his food catalogue, mm. if you like. Mm. Um, so that is really where herbalism should sit in people's yes. lives, but yeah. it's missing, and it's not just been missing for a little while it's been missing for quite a long time in you know we 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 are experiencing a generation now who have never had a good diet you know i know the, um, i mean when you look at the incidence of childhood obesity it's a it's a huge problem and certainly recently they announced again didn't they that obesity is one of the commonest risk factors for all types of cancer yeah. it's overtaken smoking yeah. it's horrendous what we're doing to our planet yeah. it's really awful and i 
I do look at my children and think they're very spoiled because I cook for them and um, they've got to learn because they're going to be, you know, they're the next generation, aren't they? Yeah. And it's so easy now to graze on the wrong food and to eat badly, um, which it wasn't so easy 20, 30 years ago. But it's, it's, it's really a concern, isn't it? It's, it's, it is a concern and it's frustrating that we're not getting anywhere with it. Yes. You know, every, every year that goes by, the, the problem gets worse mm. and more solutions are presented and the problem persists. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and, and, and I think that at some point we have to say, actually, we just need, we need to start embracing mm. what it is to be human. Yeah. You know, not just this constant outsourcing and, and allowing other people to take responsibility for our own health. That there is a, a great part of nutrition that asks somebody to embrace yes. their, their system of health. And, 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 and I think in part we need to start to do this as part of a solution. We need mm. to say to people, you know, your health is, if you can have it, is the best of thing. Of course in the it world. is. Absolutely. I mean, I'm very privileged being a doctor and I obviously see all sorts of people. But, you know, without health, we're nothing, are we? No. It, it, and it sounds so um, corny, but, you know, my, one of my, my middle daughter had sepsis a couple of years ago and um, the type of sepsis she had was a 40% mortality. And mm. you're in that hospital looking at your daughter being so poorly and it's not about money. It's not about anything it's just if she if you don't have health that's it mm. you know and we know how fragile our lives are anyway very depressing let's move to something a bit more happier um so tell me about how you got your training or what you how you've learned so much well i think that my my earliest training was in my grandmother's kitchen right. um and i think i think that that is was was a pretty good training ground mm. um my grandmother was the daughter of a doctor she was um uh, uh, grew up in india and she oh, was okay. she was fascinated by herbalism throughout her life um but she applied herbalism in very much the way that i am talking about mm. today that it is part of nutrition yes. not something separate to yes. nutrition and and really that that is my that is where i i come from mm. you know uh, my my later life, particularly when I was unwell, was spent studying naturopathy, mm. studying botany, understanding what it is about plants yes. that has this effect on us. Um, and, and, and learning where we fit into all that, mm. that is still today my, my great point of research mm. that actually... Uh, and what I garner from that is that actually we're not so different to everything else. Mm. You know, we behave in a way that is separate to everything yes. else in nature. Yeah. And we even mould nature yeah. to suit us better. Yes. But when it really comes down to it and when it comes down to our basic needs, we need nature. Mm. We need every aspect of nature to function as well as it can, because without it, we can't function. Absolutely. And that's really where nutrition comes in, because our nutrition 
is what attaches us to planet Earth. We are bound to the Earth by our nutrition. You know, uh, we are essentially made up of the same components that make up the world that we live on. And then we are stimulated and nourished by the other things that grow on this planet. So we are in every way a part of that whole system. And what I have have learned, particularly in the last 10 years, is that where we miss those links, we open up a pathway for disease, for dysfunction. And that is where the the problems in many people's lives begins. Absolutely. And I think as a doctor... More and more my work is looking at disease prevention rather than disease treatment. And if we, no, I'm not, I can't, I'm not sitting here saying we can eradicate all diseases from a healthy diet, but actually we can eradicate a lot. And uh, we had a very interesting lecture recently at the British Medical Society conference about is obesity a disease? And all of us thought, no, it's not. But actually, it leads to so many diseases and it can be thought of a disease process. And even certainly with my menopause work, the menopause is not a disease. Women will all go through it if they live long enough, but it will lead to other diseases without that fundamental estrogen in the body increases risk of heart disease and osteoporosis. Yeah. And and nutrition is so important as I said to you before we started the podcast, we recently did a survey looking at women's experience of their menopause and only 24% had been given any um, information about their diet and lifestyle, which I think is shocking. Mm. You know, it's really important. It's not just about medicine. Um, but a lot of women and, and men probably are, I talked to, are very confused about the whole natural side of things. So a lot of people say to me, well, they don't want HRT because it's not natural. Um, so they'll go and buy some supplements because they're natural. And I have this whole discussion saying, well, there's a lot of plants out there that aren't safe. Arsenic, for example, mm. isn't safe. No. Lots of drugs are made from um, plants. So they're not all, although they're made in a factory. So there's this whole sort of mind shift, isn't there, about what's safe and what isn't safe. And and then there's the whole sort of supplements argument. People say, well... I don't need any supplements because I eat a really good diet. Or other people say, well, I don't need to eat a good diet because I'm getting some, I take a multivitamin. Yes. So what's your take of all of that? It's, it's a fascinating and complex issue. Mm. And, and I think you did, there are these problems that you have to overcome. There's a massive amount of misinformation Absolutely. about what is a supplement, what is a medicine, whether a herb is safe. And, yes. And, you know, there's also there's also the problem of of quality. A lot mm, of people take, import things from faraway countries with the hope of them acting in a certain way. Yes. It can they can either do them an awful lot of harm, yeah. and often in the best situation, the thing that they were, bu- they were buying in the first place wasn't even in there. Yes, and they end up just being con. Because this is what I often say to people: if I prescribe you something, and certainly. As you might know, a lot of HRT is derived from the yam, the root vegetable, but it is regulated. I know what's in it. Mm. Whereas I've seen people literally with carrier bags of supplements they've got often from the internet Mm. and you have no idea what's in them. And even if they're labelled the same supplement from different companies, they often contain different um, amounts of the product, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. I've I've, I've always been very sceptical and cautious about the principle of people coming away 
mm. with a bag full of supplements. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that nutrition, I think we, we sometimes behave like nutrition has changed in the last 40 years, but in reality, nutrition hasn't changed mm. in the last 30,000 yes. years. Yes, yeah, yeah. And actually the rudiments of it are quite simple. And I believe there is never a nutritional case for somebody leaving a shop with a bag full of supplements. I do believe that there is a fundamental place for supplements Mm. in the modern diet, particularly with regard to uh, disease, Mm. disease prevention, but not treating a disease. And I think that's where people get things wrong and um, are misled. Mm. I think that a... Um, a supplement in its best form can act on the nutritional pathways of an individual um, and that they can open up many of those nutritional mm. pathways, whether that is with pure nutrients yes. or it is supported by phytonutrients. In many places, probiotics can be involved. Absolutely. Amino acids, yeah. minerals, they all play their role in our nutrition whether that is our gastrointestinal nutrition supporting mm. our microenvironment or our our internal system mm. our systemic nutrition so i think that where i stand in the whole scheme of things is that the best person to regulate medicine is a medic mm. because as you well pointed out when you recommend a medicine there are certain things about that medicine that you know. Yes. There are certain concentrations of that medicine and certain things that you can expect to see. Mm. There are a lot of things that happen when people take medicines that are not very nice. Mm. But that is part of a controlled system that can be monitored. The problem with the frontier mentality that is brought very often by the internet, is that people can end up trying to treat a disease with material that cannot be regulated. Absolutely. And it can do them harm. And it's a real worry, isn't it? Because it seems to be escalating more and more. Women come and they telling me about things that they buy and it's from companies I've never heard of. And they, you know, and especially in the menopause, because a lot of menopausal women are very vulnerable. We you know, I had symptoms for a few months and I was desperate for any help. And if someone said to me, right, Louise, take this, it will cost you £300 a month, but it will really transform you. You're so desperate, you would do it. Yeah, but you've, you know, you don't know what's in these products. And mm. that's that what's really scary. So getting good advice is really important, isn't it? Yeah, I think getting good medical advice mm. and getting good nutritional advice yeah. are, are, are part mm. of, of getting to a... Uh, a healthy platform yeah you know and and they are not the same thing no you know there are situations where people get into where the menopause affects them in a way that it opens up all manner of Mm. different different symptoms that that they can't control and they can't live with they can't work with yeah um and the um getting on top of that nutritionally is a very different thing to getting on top of that medicinally. Absolutely. And yes. I think in the best environment, 
the two systems can support each other mm. beautifully. And I think what is what is has really been missing from modern medicine is the ability of those two things to come together because they're natural partners. Yes, and there's some really key um, doctors doing some great work trying to improve nutrition, health and education and trying to bring nutrition into medical schools, which is, is really important because, you know, there's no point me treating someone, for example, with um, an HRT patch and them going and eating McDonald's every day or smoking 20 a day and not exercising. It's, you know, it's got to, we've got to look beyond the box. And I think as medics, we're, we sort of have been channeled into giving people prescriptions, which is good, don't get me wrong, but it's only part of, of treatment for, for all sorts of diseases. And also, like you say, more importantly, preventing disease. None of us want to go to a doctor, no. so we want to stay away. So, no, no. Absolutely. So, um, I think in, in, in all cases, you know, if, if we, we're talking about the menopause, you're, you're dealing with something that is part of the natural process of 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 life you know yes. going from from one state in the endocrine system to another yeah. it's a transitional phase it absolutely is and i think what also is that hopefully for many women will be 30 years in our menopause and it's the longest time that will be in this sort of state you know some women will be pregnant some women will or a lot of us have periods but then suddenly we've got this big chunk of time and I really feel if we can optimise our health in that time by having the right nutrition, the right health treatments, potentially hormones, looking at what's missing in our diets, looking at any supplements, it can make a huge difference because it should be a really positive time of a woman's Mm. life and sadly Mm. for too many women it's not. So well that's been really interesting and I think has been great literally food for thought for a lot of people hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Just for the last couple of minutes can you just give me three take-home facts that you think would be really interesting for listeners to reflect on from our conversation and your work that you've done? Well, I think, first of all, I would say that uh, particularly when thinking about the menopause and thinking about treating the menopause, often when you think about herbalism, people think about the herbs that will try and make them feel like they were 10 years younger. Mm. And, and that part of treating that system is very often about turning back the clock. You can't turn back the clock. And what I think you can do really well is support the transition. Mm. So I think my take-home point would be to say, facilitate it. Don't try to deny it. Yes. You know, it's, it's part, of, it's part mm. of life. And it, and and. There are things that can be done from every angle. So, you know, the going out and reaching out for the herbs that are adaptogenic or trying to look for something that is going to stimulate you to be something else. What's the point in the end? And so I think I I would probably leave it at that. I would say keep the herbs nutritional if that's what you're going to do. And look, look to support your basic nutrition with nutrients, with supplements, because in their best form, they can really help you. Yeah. They're not... Uh, they, I, 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 I recognise that there is a problem with supplements. Mm. I really do. 
Um, and I've worked in the health food industry long enough to, to see how, how dark it can be. But we live in an age that is not a particularly natural state of affairs. And supplements can form part of what it is to fulfill our nutritional mm. needs. So I think my, my, my second take-home point would be to say, think about supplements, but think about the, the best quality, the best supported, the best researched, the, um, uh, the supplements that don't look to bypass your nutritional pathways but look to fulfill them. Mm. I think I think that Brilliant. is uh, two points. I'm not sure I, I can manage to find a third with <laughs> <after> all that. <laughs> I think the third one maybe is about being true to yourself. Yeah. And I see a lot of women who tell me their diet's really healthy. And then when I'll ask them, you realise that it's not. And we all can think that we're better than we are. But actually, what's the point? You know, I think it's about being honest to ourselves because it's our journey, it's our lives. Mm. It's not up to my husband what I eat or how I live my life. It's mine. And I think as you, when you take ownership and you're responsible for your health, for your diet, for your nutrition, that's when you start to make changes, I think. Mm. Mm. So maybe I could... That's the third. Is that right? Yeah, that, one, that one's fine. <laughs> oh, thanks, Ed. That's really interesting. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. For more information about the menopause, please visit our website www.menopausedoctor.co.uk.